Welcome to I Love My Club By with me, your host, Seamus Barry, the podcast that gives you the insight into our local games of hurling and camogie. Join us as we take a look at some of the characters around the county on I Love My Club By. You're very welcome along to episode two of season two of I Love My Club. Of course, the podcast that brings us closer to the stars behind the game of both hurling and camogie. I'm delighted to say this week's guest is none other than St. Anne's and Waterford sharpshooter, Roisin Kerwin. Roisin, you're very welcome to the show. Hey, Seamus, how are you? Thanks, Will, for having me. I'm very good, thanks. Uh, I know we've been trying to go back and forth, trying to secure a date to, to do this interview. Um, how are you finding the busy, hectic schedule, especially coming up to the start of the league this weekend? Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's kind of been, it's been hectic enough now between um, the colleges now and the county. It's been nearly every night of the week now we're trying to balance it out. But I suppose now that the college is, is finished now, say the weekend just gone, I suppose we're back into full flight of county now. So we might have a few more nights free as well, so... And how like how do you strike the balance then? Like as you said, the Ashburn Cup, Waterford club commitments, um, you know, uh, college work, your own job and stuff. How do you um how do you try balance that? Yeah, I suppose that's 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 the difficult part. I suppose when we're trying to be in college, do a part time job, and then train most evenings as well. Like it's it's very it's very difficult as well. But I suppose you kind of have to balance it out and think of yourself as well. Like, you know and to make all these. And I suppose the biggest thing is what I do is anyway. I just plan my weeks out. Like we usually get say a calendar um say two or three weeks in advance so I'd have it all written out so then each I know exactly what I have to do and if we've trained that day like I trained the next day and then if we've a match that weekend like that's what you'll be focusing on as well and that's what you making sure that you're still uh not too burnt out or at and by the time the weekend comes for that match and with that like the is it a case then of when you have downtime or like a recovery or do you even get days, I suppose, with the way the calendar is at the moment? But what would you typically do, say, on a day off where you don't have any camogie commitments? Yeah, so definitely be um, a recovery. So what I try to do is I try to get in a walk anyway, like maybe a 20, 30 minute walk. And uh, then I definitely hit up a recovery centre or even a pool, even just to kind of swim, do a bit of swimming into the sauna, jacuzzi, just kind of even your own self to feel better and then to get that recovery in with the legs and overall like you know you, you'd be using any of them recovery days to get as much as that in as you can and like with that obviously then like the the game in itself of Harlan and Camogie has just gone through the roof in terms of the skill level the speed it's played at um, and I suppose more and more is looked at in terms of sleep and nutrition has obviously the, the, the men's side has just exploded in terms of like I said, the sleep is monitored. Has that crept into the Camogie side as well at inter-county level? Uh, well, this year, yeah, definitely it has. Even uh, the nutrition side, like we have, we're lucky to have uh, Aoife Hearn involved with this year and she's um gave us lots of um different advices and tips and stuff to do. So I, th- I think that's definitely benefiting us and uh, the lads are going above and beyond to um get as much as we can then in sleep-wise and making sure that they're giving us as much, say, nutrition and refuel as we can and like having different stuff at training I suppose and that's kind of the main thing as well that we can we know ourselves that we can be fueled and then outside of training what we can do to improve say our sleep and making sure we're getting them eight hours and to make sure we're fueling our bodies correctly then with the stuff Aoife has given us and the tips and stuff that she's been giving us as well 
and like with that, obviously the the addition of Aoife Hearn, of course, new management put in place this year. Um, Sean Power, I suppose people would know him within the county for the success with the minor on our twenty one team in recent years. Gone by, of course, Mount Sinman. How has that transition been since he's come in? Um, especially with bringing the backroom team with him as well. Yeah, yeah, Sean is uh, Sean is fantastic. Sure, like his his knowledge alone is just. Uh, brilliant and what he's bringing to the table this year like it's it's fantastic and I think everyone is kind of after buying into it this year now and we're just really kind of putting the heads down and just kind of keeping as focused as we can at the moment and does well like when a new manager comes in because it's in my own club at the moment we have a new manager it, it kind of breeds a new bit of life and a, a bit of excitement around the camp doesn't it yeah, absolutely. And I think just what kind of Sean has given us and it's kind of as professional as, as it can be as well, like with Sean and, and, and all the backroom staff as well. So I think there's a real buzz around as well, like and everyone is kind of getting on with each other and it's um yeah, it's exciting times ahead. And like I, I remember speaking briefly uh, a couple of years back um during the period actually sorry, last year with Watford won the league and I was talking to a couple of uh, different um reporters and then people involved with the Watford men's team and this whole hype train kind of exploded then after championship. But that aside, there seems to be a really big excitement coming behind Waterford Camogie at the moment. I know both in the underage section, De La Salle's win last year, of course, that breeds a bit of new life into the championship itself. Bricky's winning intermediate, who are absolutely excellent. I covered that game. There's a real buzz about Camogie at the moment at Waterford. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think even even from last year, I suppose, getting to that semi-final up in Crow Park, I suppose, that's what we put our minds to it. And I think just even the underage, then, that's that's massive to look up to, I suppose. I know when I was younger, um, I would have been, say, underage when they won the Intermediate on All-Ireland. And, like, I was even at that, like, and I just going to that and even watching that and seeing your county do that, like, and just all the role models that are playing, like, you just kind of brings a real kind of drive to when you're playing. And, I like, I, I think that's what's going after leading back to the underage as well, that they're going to have that focus to nearly achieve that and they want to build up to that. And I know that the they're putting so much work into the county board with the under-14 development squads and they're doing another one now over Easter and just different kind of things and the amount of numbers even at that alone, like it's just been, it's been massive. It's almost like you have, you've read my notes in front of me. I, I had highlighted underneath that game against Cork last year, but I want to bring you back to the game before it. Um, against Limerick in uh, Semple Stadium of course back in July uh, 112 to 316 uh, win for Waterford sealing their first place in a semi-final in Camogie um, I think it was since the, the 60s um, what was it like that day you know kind of was there an anticipation or uh, pressure going into play Limerick because you are you did have a little bit of a favourites tag but I suppose the rest of the country was unsure about what this Waterford team could do with not having getting to the semi-final in so long. Uh, yeah, definitely. Jesus, I suppose kind of any game you go out, like you can never, it's it's a 50-50 game in your own head, like so you never know which way it's going to go. And I suppose coming up against Limerick, like like we never knew what to expect. Like we prepared as best we could. And I suppose it was on the day then that we just kind of pulled together and I suppose drove it on from there. We knew we kind of had to get the win and we knew how much it meant to all of us to get that win. And, just even the feeling at the end of the game, like to just know that what we were after achieving, like was just phenomenal, like you know. And like with with that, then going to Crow Park, uh, I don't know, um, was that your first time playing for the Watford senior team in Crow Park? Yeah, that was like that was my first time ever playing in Crow Park, um, not just for Watford, but in general, yeah. What What was that like? Oh well, it was just even. <laughs> 
when we when we first went up like just even like we just kind of, we were allowed to go out onto the pitch kind of for a walk like but I remember just kind of standing on the sideline just like looking straight up and just seeing the stand like just so far up like it's just it's nearly surreal like how big the stadium actually is like standing on the pitch like and just looking around like and just nearly even seeing the echo like of everything going around like it was just it was crazy it was it was a feeling I won't forget anyway did you get much sleep the night before I did in fairness I tried I tried to anyway like I just kind of tried to think of it as another game until I got up there but sure then when I got up there I suppose the nerves kind of took over and everyone's everything around me and the dress rooms even like they're just like the astroturf on the side of the dress room like it's just it's second to none up there yeah and I suppose with that that day as well you know, half time going in at a strong position. Of course, uh, Ashley Thompson came on for um Cork, which seemed to swing the game in the end. Periods of that game, you looked like you know, if one or two goal chances maybe were taken, you could have actually went all the way to the All Ireland final. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. And I think like looking back at that, now was nearly the hardest part. And I know, like, I'm, I'm I nearly missed two goals as well that could have been scored. But I think it's kind of hard. I haven't even looked back at the game to be honest. So, but um, yeah, no, definitely. I think like everyone kind of put all they had on the line there that day and I think like with I suppose the, their addition with Ashton Thompson we weren't prepared for that and I suppose we can't control the uncontrollables either like you know it kind of that's the way it fell on the day and we had to kind of get over that as well but I suppose Cork are a phenomenal side as well and we can't argue with that like but um, no it's definitely I definitely don't want to be looking at the game anytime soon anyway either. And there wasn't much of a turnaround either. Like there was only a week's turnaround between the game played, you know, against Limerick and then, like you said, growing Crow Park for the first time. Do you think that had any bearing, like in terms of recovery? Because it looked nearly towards the end of the game that Cork's fitness maybe pushed on a little bit. They were a little bit fresher than yourselves. Uh, yeah, well, definitely. I think kind of the week turnover, but I know even looking back, like in that week, we, we definitely optimised everything we could to get that full recovery in us to make sure we were as sharp as we could. Um, I know definitely by the end of the game, like we were we were definitely tiring out as well. I suppose it was such an intense game as well. Like when you're playing against the likes of Cork and stuff, like the physicality of the game alone, like would even make you tired, you know, and I suppose maybe Cork did pull that way through from us, like, you know, but um, yeah, no, definitely it was, uh, we were definitely wrecked by the end of it anyway. And an interesting thing that someone said to me many years ago, um, playing hurling is no one action um determines the outcome of a game. So especially as a fellow forward, I won't be worried about a chance that you miss because one action never determines a game. It's always a good thing to keep in your head that someone said to me. Um, turning to say dance, as you said, semi final last year. Um, of course you were beaten. Um, by the final who went on to the finalists. Um. De La Salle, sorry, who went on and won it. Um, Galtier have been dominant over the last number of years in both the underage scene and, and the senior scene. And does it give a little bit of life, the likes of De La Salle, or even anyone in particular coming through to win it other than Galtier? Yeah, definitely. And I think the senior championship every year is kind of, it's up for grabs to anyone like, and I think it's just kind of, it's just kind of who can drive it over the line, I suppose. And like, Galtier are without a doubt a fantastic side and they have even so many players coming up like uh, underage and uh, you can see that throughout the county teams even the amount that they have coming forward and I think De La Salle are turning to that as well like they have so many underage girls coming through and I think that's what's kind of um pushing it forward as well like making these teams even that bit better like that these girls are stepping up to playing senior and they're like young and fit and you know that they want anything but like to be losing games senior and I think that's what's making it really 
intense and water as well. And I, I remember watching the Gaultier and De La Salle final and it was a fantastic to watch. Like, and I think there were so many people there and it was such a good game of Camogie as well. Like just, I suppose so many kind of, so much talent on either side, like it could have went either way. Yeah, I was actually covering the game for WR myself and uh, I was in the studio that morning doing a preview and I tipped De La Salle, even though Galtier would be my own camogie club, I tipped De La Salle for a win and I remember going to it and I was sitting with a couple of people who wouldn't necessarily go to watch camogie that often and they'd be more kind of inclined to go watch the hurling but like that, they could not believe the talent that was on display that day. I know Beck Harton got a score about 45 yards out on the wing and it was just a sensational score, but the standard of Camogie that day was excellent. And I know Carrigan done a great job and they had uh, Port Lawer on, of course, they won the junior that day as well. So there was a, a great kind of, I think it's a lot better when the finals are put together. I they, we used used to do it in the men's years ago. I remember playing a junior final before Bally Gunner played back in I think it was two thousand nine to two thousand ten, before the senior and the crowd was there and it just builds the atmosphere. And I think that's something the county board definitely got right last year in the Camogie. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like people are kind of putting it in as a day out as well. Like you know, like all these people are kind of like right families and they're bringing their kids along. And you know, it's a nice day out to have. Say for starting a match at twelve, maybe two. And then four, like, you know, you're having all these finals throughout the day and people are kind of more inclined to go to it and hang around after it. And even if they are a different club, like they're still hanging around to see like the main game. And I suppose, like you said, like the standard has just gone phenomenal. And when you're looking at the likes of Beth and Abby and um, these players playing as well, like, you know, you, you would stay around to watch them. Yeah, and it's, I suppose especially with Carrigan or like the facilities that are there, you can get something to eat during the game, like you know the gap between games and the facilities, uh, coffee available and everything. It's it's a great venue. Um, looking towards this year for Waterford, of course, you are playing awfully as we said this weekend. Um, you're playing them in Burr Park. Um, preparations going well far this weekend. Any injury concerns? How's the body? Uh, yeah, we're playing them now on Saturday, so we're all looking forward to that. And I suppose that's our main focus now for this week. And we're just going to take it one game at a time as well and just kind of put all our focus then on this game and then recuperate then after this and see what we have to do then. But um, no no injury concerns at the moment. Everyone is everyone is in flying form now. And I suppose that's good kind of at this time of year when people are kind of come back from colleges as well. And so we're all looking forward to the game anyway. And hopefully now we can just get a win for the first game anyway. And what, what would your preparation, like your own personal preparation, look like the morning of a game? So, like, for example, throwing's a two up and offly, so I presume probably be there about an hour, an hour and a half beforehand. Um, what what would be the typical kind of preparation for you before a match? Uh, so I definitely get up, say, if whatever time the bus is leaving, I definitely get up well in advance of that. And I'd have my own breakfast here at home then, and I'd probably listen to a bit of music and... Um, make sure that I have the hydration and my bag is definitely packed the night before anyway because if it wasn't I'd definitely go off without half my stuff that morning anyway because I'd be all over the place and I'd meet the bus then and get on and we'd have the whole way up on the bus then you're just kind of thinking about the game and what you're going to do and what you can bring to the what you can bring to the game and what your role is and I suppose the next ball and all and then so listening to music really helps me as well kind of on the bus and chatting to the girls and stuff as well and kind of the older girls I know I'll be always kind of sitting beside Neve as well on the bus line. I suppose that helps me a lot as well. And like with that, because it can be tough, especially when you're going on bus journeys to go play a match. But like, I suppose you have to strike the balance of, I was listening to, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kira Losty. Um, I was talking to her a couple of weeks ago. Um, she's a psychologist um, with the Irish Olympics team. Um, and she's also with a couple of inter-county teams. But she was speaking about the importance of 
before a game doing something to burn that nervous tension that's maybe not like you know going for a run or if it's a small walk but actually teams doing things she said one of the really beneficial things that they had in the Tokyo Olympics was table tennis and you know playing cards and different things and like that you said being on the bus and sitting beside Neve and having a laugh it just it takes the pressure off a little bit and you can relax a bit a bit more do you find that's the case as well yeah definitely I think like the more you kind of think about it the more kind of I suppose anxious and all you get is whereas if you kind of take it as another game it kind of eases the nerves definitely and I suppose surround yourself with people that you're comfortable with as well like they kind of definitely put a lot of uh, nerves at ease as well and like we said already semi-final last year is the I, I know you're going to say you're not thinking about it this time of year and so on and you're looking at the league first but like realistically ambitions are you looking to go one better this year or is it just the case of take each game as it comes uh, no, I think like I suppose the overall goal would be would be that, and I think every every county team and everyone kind of playing starting out the season that that's going to be their goal. Because I suppose what else are you doing it for if you do, if you don't want to achieve the best, you know? Um, but I I definitely think that would be our overall goal. But at the moment, then we're just going to take it one game at a time, and hopefully we can build up as a team and work towards that goal then as well. You referenced earlier about um watching the water win intermediate all Ireland. When you were younger, um, who like what type of characters or sports people inspired you? I know your dad was heavily involved with Waterford for years, um, so I suppose you probably would have seen a lot of the the men's games as well. But what kind of people would you look to, or would you say that would have been heroes or kind of inspirational characters for you when you were younger? Uh, well, I suppose starting off, um, I know I said this before, but uh, I suppose definitely Neve was definitely. I know I'm. I know she's my cousin and all, but she was definitely. Uh, my biggest idol anyway she um like what she's kind of come through even with her knees and all and I know I um I tore two cruise ships as well so I suppose when I was younger looking up and seeing that like what she's come through with her two knees and seeing that she can even stay at the top up until now like when um I suppose that kind of gave me a lot of boost when I was coming back from them two injuries and I suppose um she was definitely in camogie wise anyway and I suppose Charlotte Raher then as well she was always one of my um so she's a club player as well and she was always just such a um an athlete to look up to. Um but yeah, I suppose I was at with my father, I suppose I was going to a lot of them hurling games as well and players like Brick Welch and all, I suppose he was just the character he is himself. Like I suppose it was just uh he was definitely an idol as well. The ultimate professional brick. Um it's interesting the the two cruciates, um because I always talk to players about, you know, when they they get injured or when they have downtime and stuff like that. Was it both the same leg or was it separate legs? Uh, no, so I tore my uh, left one first. Um, I was actually up playing uh, playing with St. Anne's. It was my first um, my first game playing with St. Anne's. And it was a league against Kappa Quinn. And I was up there in Balnamila. And I basically just went up to catch a ball and whatever I landed, my foot stuck in the ground. I completely just twisted the other way. But um at the time I didn't I didn't even know what a cruciate was. Like I that was the same day. It was it was absolutely ash and rain up in Balnamila and they didn't want to move me off the pitch because like my knee was just all over the place. Like you couldn't even find my kneecap. Like it was it was that bad. And they had to wait for an ambulance then, but we were waiting about three hours and I I'll never forget waiting up and just lying down the pitch like and the lads were actually waiting to get on the pitch to train after and they brought out pallets and everything to try to get me off the pitch but <laughs> there was no moving me anyway <laughs> and then obviously um, you know you done the second one that was in the right knee was it then yeah done the second one we were playing a semi-final actually in kill against de la salle 
and I was only back a few months and literally just kind of caught the ball and turned turned the wrong way I suppose and uh, tore the other one then so yeah what was what was what was going through your head when you tore like I've I've done it as well I've done a MCL PCL and ACL so I done a cruciate and three other major ligaments in the right knee um and it basically ended yeah. my career but what 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 were it because I know when it happened to me originally it was devastation but for it to happen again on a separate leg like how did you manage to overcome something like that uh yeah I suppose like when I don't even when I done my first one um. I went into the hospital that night and they took an extra or whatever and basically told me it was it was fine, like it was just soft tissue damage. So I was delighted hopping out of the hospital anyway. I thought nothing. I came home to my father and he definitely had a different opinion of it now. Um but uh like when they told me anyway, like the consultation I had um with Ray Moore and he told me that my cruciate was gone or whatever and I actually had to question what does that mean? Like does do you know, thinking it was just kind of a ligament like your hamstring or whatever, mm. like and I suppose he told me fairly fast what the what the road ahead was and I suppose I was only kind of taking it one step at a time then when I was, when I was, say, back then. But I suppose when I tore my second time, like, I knew exactly what was ahead of me and what I had to do. And I suppose it took a lot of weeks of just being very down on myself and kind of, you know, when I was just kind of after coming back and knowing the road ahead, I suppose I was definitely down. And, um, yeah, it was it was tough, definitely. And, like, how did you come... Cause... I, I've it's well documented you know in my own story um I struggled big time um when I had the two surgeries and I couldn't play and I I, I really spiraled and my I suppose depression got extreme but in your own case like how did you was it people around you was it you know did you still stay involved with the club did you maybe pick up reading or different exercises like how did you manage to uh battle that oh definitely was the people around me like and that's not even just club level that was nearly like all the girls around me that say I was playing minor that time and like the girls even from Gaultier de la Salle like the amount of them that were just texting me and ringing me and calling out to the house and like it was just phenomenal like I just never thought that I'd have that support and to have them girls around me like was just even knowing that they're from a different club but like that when kind of stuff comes down to it like that they'll be just there for you um, when it comes to that and even in that game say when I was playing De La Salle like that night like all the De La Salle girls text me like say Beth, Brianna, Abby, Keely, all them girls text me um, to know how I was and how it was like and I think that's kind of that's kind of like what the game really means to everyone and that kind of friendship takes over and I know when you're on the pitch like playing against them that it can get fairly vicious but when it comes down to it and injury or anything is involved that people just kind of have your back and I suppose knowing that all them girls were there for me and had my back and pushed me through nearly everything I suppose that really that really helped a long way to rehab and I suppose then like look and I was kind of like saying to myself like look I'm, I'm young and I gotta have a lot ahead of me as well like I was I was come back and I was only 18 so I suppose I was 18 and having two cruciates done so um yeah, definitely. And I suppose even up in, I went up to Santry to get both done and like Ray Moore and the surgeon up there, he's absolutely phenomenal. Like, and like even the first day that I met him, like I, he put his hand out to shake my hand and he just put his two arms around me and just gave me a big hug and just kind of like, even from that moment, I knew how much kind of he had my back and how much faith he had in me. And he was like, look, basically like you're going to come back 10 times stronger. And that kind of meant a lot to know that he was telling me that and how confident he was and even meeting the physios then in the different labs and stuff like they were 
give me extra push as well to like and I had kind of different targets and three six and nine months to get to and like I was doing everything I can to get to them targets as well it's it's incredible to hear because you know for me it's what the GEA is all about um my own club had a couple of tragedies a couple of years back and I remember the first lads coming through the door were Ballygunner lads and like you said you go to to war on the field but as soon as you know there's any bad times or an injury or something happens the the GEA community is just exceptional in, in how it treats people um we seen it last year of course up in Tipperary and with the loss of Dylan Quirk you know his father was only on Ireland AM recently again speaking about the support and the support that they're continuously getting from different clubs and so on and it just it kind of when you are injured it does help like you know it kind of makes it feel like because don't get me wrong titles are great and you know winning competitions and medals and stuff like that but it's always the memories you'll have like when you look at a medal I suppose you don't look at it and say that's brilliant, I have that medal. It's more a case of, I remember this game, I remember that, I remember talking to this person. And that seems to be the thing that kind of refuels us the whole time. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose, like, no one kind of like that, say, even, like, the girls from Galtier, like, it's, I think every second day they were nearly up in my house or I was down at their house. And Eve and Shauna and Leah and, like, they were all just kind of the people that kind of got me through everything. And I suppose, like, they're always the girls that, you know, you can turn to when, like things aren't going your way and I suppose then I was only back from say tear my two cruciates and my ma- my mom got sick so they were then there again like so I just knew that it wasn't kind of like a one-off thing that like they were the girls that I first turned to as well which which meant a lot to me and one of the, one of them names you, you said sticks out straight away Aoife Fitzgerald um, actually Aoife's, uh, she does a lot of scene, work behind the scenes for both Galtier and Passage my own club um, she recently organised the dinner dance and she's a, a special individual as well she does a lot of unselfish work and she's a serious hurter as well oh yeah sure Aoife Aoife's fantastic yeah, yeah she's she's definitely and I suppose Passage is our number one club and we we know that anyway, but uh, yeah, she's she's um she's fantastic and she's a fantastic player and I suppose she's come back from injury now and I suppose she was behind me when when I was come back from injury and I know I'll definitely be behind her now when she's coming back. And like for for yourself, obviously, um, like I was speaking last two weeks ago with Brian Carroll about the the individual side of the sport. No matter if you're part of a team, because you're a forward, and I suppose people who look for you to score evidently when you go out to play. Do you ever set yourself targets, or is it a case of next ball, next ball, or is it always a team mantra? Because like as a forward, you always want to score. Like you know that that's your primary uh, goal. But do you like find sometimes that it's a case when you go out if you take pressure off yourself from scoring, it kind of happens naturally, or would you be saying in your head, I want to get two points today, I want to get a goal today, or what What way do you uh, approach it? Uh, I suppose I don't set um, a goal in kind of the target that I want to get, or I know, um, I know some people do, but for me, kind of, um, if I kind of start setting targets, of say what I want to achieve, and if I don't kind of score that in the match, um, I'll feel kind of disappointed in myself and kind of that I'm not after doing enough even though I might be after kind of like giving it to the girl in a better position or you know different things that like even rock balls or you're passing out to the side or you're giving it um, I suppose that way you're kind of taking every chance you can get it and you're not kind of setting yourself a goal and whatever you get then like you just have to be happy with and kind of achieve rather than kind of thinking that you're after underachieving throughout a game and like with that then obviously with Sean coming in and the the as you said as professional as possible setup this year. Um, I was speaking recently to Kay Kelly, and we were speaking about 
kind of the gap that's still there between how camogie players are looked after versus how the, the hurlers are looked after. Do you see with the changes that Sean has brought in that it is going in the right direction or is there still a lot of work to be done? Because I know previously it's just it's a, a thing that bothered me. Galtier had to play a Munster Championship match in Piltown because the county board wouldn't give him a pitch in Waterford. Um, you know, things like that, that like going playing a Munster competition in Leinster, you know, like Carrigan Orr is available, Welsh Park is available, but yet you're may go up to Piltown. There's things like that that still seem to be going on. Do you think it's going in the right direction or what? what's your opinion on it? Uh, well, I think definitely as of now, like I think it's kind of, say, after improving, if you're looking back, say, the last five years. So I think it is moving forward, but I definitely think it is kind of baby steps at the moment and um, different things to try build up to that. And I suppose everyone is kind of going out of their way. And I think women's sport is kind of being more recognised. And there's lots of campaigns out there as well to try and um, uh, reach out to people to try get people more involved. And I suppose the kind of professional setup, like they're, they're probably a, still a lot, a very kind of, um, by even with Sean alone, like I think he's definitely kind of even not even treating us like the lads, but like he's kind of make it like he's kind of definitely going out of his way to um make sure that we are getting treated the best, like. And like with I've I've been thinking about this um in terms of numbers wise, because the the men's senior championship in Waterford the numbers have declined over the last couple of years in terms of games. Um, I've done a couple of games last year commentating, and I could see. It in front of me would would it would it be an issue or would it be an idea for camogie games and the hurling games to be on the same day at the same venue yeah geez I, I definitely think that's a big step forward and i think this year monster championship i think we have two or three double headers with the hurlers county wise so i think that's kind of going to be a a big step forward and i think last year we had we played tipperary um in semple stadium before the monster final and like even the crowd there, they kind of came in to our game before the other match. And I suppose that kind of drove us on a lot as well, like having, say, the Warford people there and then having even the other people come in to watch it like before the other game, which was which was massive. Like it, it definitely changed the whole atmosphere of the game. And that's what I'm saying, because like, obviously, you know, you can promote the game as much as you can. You know, I was speaking about it before the morning of the final last year. And I was saying, if anyone is up to anything or they don't know what to do for the evening get out to Carrigonora watch Galtier and uh, say, or Galtier and De La Salle because you'll, you'll find it hard to find a better camogie final in the country and you know we we can do that and people might say ah no I, I'll stick to watching Hurling or I might not go but like you said if it's a double header and they go early which mo- pe- most people do no matter what the game like if there's a minor game on someone will go watch a minor game before the senior one but um if someone was to happen to be there like that and seeing the Waterford against Tipperary game or, you know, seeing yourselves against Limerick that day, um, it would just kind of, it, it might get people involved without them necessarily thinking that they got out of their house and drove to a match thinking, Jesus, I might've found a new sport today because once you see it, that's the thing for me, once you get someone at a camogie game and they see the level it's at, they're like, Jesus, this is fairly high level. Like, Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, even like you said, like just getting that game on before, like, you'd be surprised and I suppose when we do have double headers with the lads and I suppose like say if you have the girls playing before and then like the men after like you're going to have a massive crowd from Waterford alone like when the women and the men are playing and I suppose it kind of gives that people that bit of insight to what we're doing as well and how much we're progressing as well as as well as the lads and again like you're getting you're getting a nice day out and um watching two games as well which 
which I think definitely will work out. And this year, I suppose, is going to be a trial run of that, and hopefully, it, hopefully, it all works out. Yeah, and I suppose I know the championship runs a bit later in the Camogie club scene in Waterford, but you know, if if the county boards could come together and have both senior finals on the same day as a double header, like you, you double the crowd easily. Like last year, I know. Look, it's not the Ballygunner's fault, but the the finals crowd has declined massively over the last number of years because it's expecting they win every time, which they have in the last nine years. But if you had a double header, you know, like that game last year, Galtier and De La Salle, that was better than the, the Harlem final last year. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it's kind of to, like you said, to kind of to bring people to a match and show them what the standard is, that it's not just kind of like curls running around the field as such. Like, you know, there is that bit of um physicality to it and like some of the scores that people are getting and the battles and throughout the game like is is definitely up to standard as some of the men anyway. And um yeah, I suppose that definitely would be a good idea having the two finals together. It definitely bring out more people and um definitely promote it within Waterford as well. Yeah, and exactly and and you probably would have more younger girls watching as well that might get inspired because I know that, that there is a fall off in terms of numbers when, when girls get to 17, 18, like that going to college and stuff like that. But if we could c- try promote it more because you referenced it earlier on about the under 14 development um, squads. I know two of my uncles are in there at the moment and they're doing great work and the numbers are just unbelievable. I drove past Carriganore and the bank holiday just gone Bridget's day. I was out to do a run on uh, Greenway and I was going past it and I couldn't get over the amount of girls that were in there. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I know each week then um, there was five of us from the senior team and we all went out to the, out to them, out in the under 14 and you could even see like the questions that they were asking you, like they were, they were really interested and um, it was great to see so much numbers out there and that um, I know all the lads out there as well, all the coaches and stuff, like they're, they're giving up their time as well to, to push this, which, which is great to see. Yeah, I, I, I really do like I really do think that Camogie is on is on a crest, it's on a wave at the moment in Waterford. And I I, I don't want to put pressure on you, but I, I'm expecting all Ireland in the next three years. Um I just with the development that's going on. I've watched the junior, I've watched the intermediate, I've watched the senior, um Bricky's alone last year in, in the final against um Liz Moore up in in Cap in Cap Quinn. I done the game and I could not get over the level let alone the senior because the senior was exceptional, but the intermediate because when you go down grades, you usually find that the level drops a bit, especially in the men's game, it drops massively. But in the, the ladies' game, that day, the intermediate final, and it was horrendous conditions. It was a brilliant game of camogie. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, like, even notice that when, say, teams, say, come up from intermediate up to senior, like, there's by no means a team that you kind of push over or you kind of be like, oh, this is an easy way or an easy game or anything. Like you, you don't definitely don't treat the teams to just come up or, and I can imagine it's the same probably from junior up to intermediate, like, you know, and I suppose that's great to see as well that there's no kind of um weak teams as well that are coming, coming up and getting annihilated or all the teams are equally as competitive and like that everyone is kind of pushing to get to that senior rank as well. And it's great to see the likes of Brickies as well, like after coming up, I think they were junior nearly two or three years ago. Yeah. And after coming the whole way up now as well, like which is which is fantastic, like for a club to come together and do that. And it's brilliant as well, you know. Uh, there's a lot of streaming services available lately, um, with Clubber and Waterford GEA, and then you have YouTube as well, and that's really putting a big emphasis on people watching games as well. You know, like the weather might not be good, or like that. There's a final down in Capaquin, and you can just watch it on the streaming service. It definitely helps with getting the the popularity of the sport out there as well. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it's like in some cases, like uh, a lot of people have family members and stuff that just wouldn't be able or can't get to games. And it's lovely to be able to, for them to be able to see it. And I know my in my own family, like a lot of, even say I have a lot of relations in Wexford and all, and like they love to watch the games as well and they can get to the games whenever they can. But I suppose having that streaming service, it's it's nice that they can kind of put it up on the television and be able to watch it like and ring you after the game and talk to you about it. And, you know, it kind of helps them get involved as well in the game. Yeah, it, it keeps, I suppose, it keeps the buzz alive about Camogie. Um, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I, I really wish yourself St. Anne's and especially Waterford this year uh, a lot of success and I've no doubt you will deliver on that and hopefully go one step further and you never know this time next year I could be talking to you again and you could have an All-Ireland cross in your back pocket yeah hopefully anyway Seamus uh, like I said it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure and uh, I wish you all the best and uh, hopefully Waterford can drive on again this season make sure to stay up to date with latest episodes on Spotify for all media content go to our Instagram Facebook or Twitter at I Loves My Club by remember hurling is our passion <laughs>